Hi, and welcome to the Days Gone podcast. I'm Claire Weaver, a screenwriter, author, and Days Gone fan, and this podcast is a place to discuss the game in all its glory, share my opinions, both popular and unpopular, and listen to me fangirl over one of the best games ever made. There will be spoilers ahead, so continue at your own risk. Welcome to The Freak Show. Welcome back to part two of my conversation with 626 Aussie about Iron Mike. Last week we discussed the nature of Iron Mike's so-called pacifism and what really happened at Sherman's camp. This week we're going to get into the treaty with the Rippers and why Iron Mike, a man supposedly all about justice, banished Schizo instead of putting him on trial. So let's get into the Ripper Treaty and, and let's kind of before we get to that, let's back up a little bit and talk about Schizo and how <laughs> he fits into <laughs> Of course <laughs> laughing we're talking about Schizo. Well, I mean, he's an integral part of Lost Lake. He and is. he is kind of the the opposite of Iron Mike. And the yin to Mike's yang, or maybe yes, the yang yes, to Mike's yin, I'm not sure which one. But yes. Definitely. Yes. And that's the thing is like he's the opposite, but he's the right hand man. He is the head of security. And I do want to get into, you brought up a great point about how he's a lot more than just the head of security. Like mm-hmm. he has a lot of other jobs than, and duties that he seems to to fulfill yeah. um, and a lot of power that he has. But Iron Mike allows it. Now you have Ricky right there who is really smart, really capable and really good at getting people to do stuff and getting through to people, communicating in a different way to Iron Mike. And yet she has almost no power. She kind of works under Iron Mike and does jobs and obviously has a stake in how how Lost Lake survives. But it's Schizo who has power. And it's just, it's interesting because Schizo is obviously such a fucking weasel. So it's like Iron Mike, and Iron Mike is no fool. No, he's not. He lets Schizo have that power for a reason. And my my idea is that it's probably... Because I Mike knows that his idealistic views are a little airy fairy, a little too unattainable. And he needs that balance, that yin and yang, like you say. He needs yeah. someone who is much more of a realist yeah. and someone who can tell him when he's when it's bullshit like oh yeah iron mike great idea not gonna fucking work in the real world yeah like he needs that balance yeah you don't want to surround yourself with yes man you don't you right right you want people agreeing with you because your idea is a good idea and they believe it's going to work not because they think that they should tell you yes because that's what you want to hear and you also want people to challenge your your ideas if it's something that is practical that you have to you know do a task and and you know complete something you know whether it's like fight something like some sort of battle or if it's like a construction project or anything you need more eyes on it to just look at all the potential flaws in yeah. the plan World War Z, getting back to that as well, has that both in the book, in the movie and the book, and they call it the Tenth Man. And it was where you pose an idea to ten people, and nine people say, "Yeah, that's pretty sound." The tenth person is obligated to disagree. So in World War Z, when the intel was going out talking about zombies, attacks of uprising of the undead. The nine people were saying, yes, this must be code. 
they can't possibly mean zombies, they can't possibly mean the undead. And it was the 10th man, it was his obligation to say, no, they literally do mean zombies. And so it was his objective, his goal to look at that where as unrealistic as it may be, that was that was what he needed to argue and his and what he needed to defend. So you have nine yes men and you have that one no man. And you can't just ignore the no man because the nine guys say yes. Mm-hmm. You you have to listen to the no man because that's his job. And that's that's his use. Like his use is to point out the opposite. To yeah. force you to reevaluate what you think you're seeing. What is wrong with my plan? <laughs> yeah, make you think maybe what I think I'm seeing is not what is actually there. Yes. Maybe they really are zombies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so that's Schizo. He does not refrain from butting heads with Mike. You, you see that. Uh, well, you, the first thing you learn is when Deacon is taking Lisa to Ricky. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, Schizo, if, yeah, if he gives you any, any trouble, you talk to Ricky. Well, no, you talk to Addie, the cat's doctor. So that's your first inclination that Schizo is the sort of person up. who gives someone trouble. <laughs> yes. And then when you're sneaking into camp, uh, Schizo and Mike are two of the folks who can catch you when you're sneaking into, into Lost Lake. And Schizo is... N- not holding back from speaking his mind to Mike. Um, he's, and uh, Mike mentions that, yeah, look, Addie doesn't like you snooping around her shit uh, when they're at the infirmary. Mm-hmm. Um, and Schizo is like, yeah, look, you said it, not me, and um, blowing him off. Um, but he's, yeah, he's certainly not averse to to speaking his mind around Mike. Yeah. So was Mike still wrong to put him in that position or did he did he do the right thing in putting him in that position? And what is Schizo's position? <laughs> that is a good question. Um, I was going to say, I think one of the reasons why Mike also put him in charge is because he knows that Mike is the sort of guy that, that a lot of people obviously look up to and respect and think, you know, of, of him kind of like, say, as a father figure. But I think some people are probably going to see th- through that or not see through it but have a different opinion maybe not want a father figure like you're not my fucking dad who the fuck are you <laughs> you know that yeah. maybe don't appreciate yeah. his personality and those kinds of people maybe would listen more to someone like schizo or or be you know schizo kind of speaks a different language and so if you have someone coming in who's maybe yeah a little more rough around the edges or or um, just the sort of person who doesn't like authority or something like that. Like Schizo can kind of know how to talk yeah. to them. Whereas I, Mike, might come across too much like stern dad. And it's like, oh yeah, dad, sure. He's more the authoritarian from their perspective. Right. And Schizo is perhaps their voice. And in that, when they see Schizo talking back, so to speak, mm-hmm. to Mike. Um, and Mike... Mike listening, Mike giving him his ear. They s- perhaps see themselves as being listened to, even if it's not them. It's Schizo. But Schizo is saying what they want to say, and Mike is listening. So I think I brought it up in one of one of Rex's um, streams that uh, you keep your friends close and your enemies closer. 
Um, and it's, yeah, but not like that, not literally that close. But is Schizo Mike's enemy? I'm not, I mean, I think Mike doesn't see him as an enemy. But mm. maybe Schizo sees Mike as his enemy. I think Schizo is the sort of person that sees everyone as, if not an enemy, a potential <laughs> enemy. Yes. He's yes. constantly, I mean, there's actually reference in one of the, hang on, let me get my notes. So Deke, in one of his little journal entries, I call them, when you go into the mission log, when you finished a mission, go into the mission log and Deke will have written in his thoughts on it after you've completed it. And yeah. he's, he says about Little, little snippet LPT there. Do that. Go to the mission logs. Check the mission logs. Yeah. Find the additional information. Don't just play the game. Look at this additional information. There's more than just surface story. The mission logs Back to you, Claire. give you so... Sorry to talk over you. The mission logs give you so, so much. Um, so much opinion and, and point of view of the characters. I mean, that's I've really gotten into reading those. I do a lot of... I spend a lot of time reading through them uh, specifically for planning out these podcast episodes. Uh, but I was going to say about Deacon's opinion of Schizo is he says that Schizo doesn't trust others enough versus Ricky who trusts too much. So like, yeah, he Schizo Ooh. is very untrusting of other people, but it's also bad to be too trusting. And so again, you have that yin and yang that that balance of like yeah sure okay schizo is you know like untrusting and sees everyone as like potentially being the enemy but like you say you need that no man you need that 10th man that guy whose job it is to look at things that way because you have ricky who trusts too much who wouldn't see a threat coming and I and Mike, who's kind of sort of like Ricky, he's an idealist and he's so focused on this goal of rebuilding and, and surviving isn't living and we've got to have laws and justice. He's a man who just believes in justice. And he's blinded by his need to stick to that because he needs redemption for himself. He needs to change himself into a man who believes in justice because he knows just a couple of years ago, he wasn't that man. And he got a lot of people killed. Yes. A lot of people killed. Yeah. So let's talk about Schizo's role at Lost Lake. Because um, you said he's he's a lot more than just the head of security. Yes. So, yeah, he's head of security, but he's assigning duties to people. Um, he tries to well, Deacon. He wants Deacon to go pull rippers from the from the marsh. Marsh duty. Um, mm -hmm. Iron Mike says that Skiz Skizo's got me on marsh duty. Why is Why is your head of security assigning duties to everyone? Why is your head of security doing that? That's not his job. Your head of security should be training the security staff. Should be making sure that they're that they're trained, that they're active, that they're physically fit. They're doing what they're supposed to do. They have shifts. Yeah. Um, not the entire camp. He's not responsible. Well, he is responsible for everyone in the camp, but he's responsible for keeping them safe. Mm -hmm. um, he's not responsible for assigning duties to everyone. Mm -hmm. um, he's at the farm. He's at the farm cheerleading. Come on, folks. Come on. Keep on working. Keep it up. <laughs> we don't work. We don't eat. Why is your head of security standing in the middle of the field cheerleading? 
Is there not enough work for the head of security? And then, oh, I'm sending Schizo to negotiate with Carlos and the Rippers. Mm. Okay, yeah, it's security related. But this is your right-hand man. And if he's your head of security, he knows everything about your camp. He knows the ins and outs. He knows where the weak points are. He knows the security details, the shifts. You don't send that guy to your hostile neighbor who has already attacked you, repeatedly attacked you. You don't send that guy. You send, I I don't know that I would send Ricky. Ricky's Ricky would probably be good. I don't know if I'm seeing something in Carlos that's not there. But I don't feel like Carlos would respect Ricky. For some reason, I feel like Carlos would not respect any negotiator who was not a man. Um, It is something about his character that I get, that you can't send Ricky... Um, you certainly wouldn't send your camp doctor in Addy. It would have to be someone else. But it certainly should not have been schism. I don't think you'd want to send a woman. I mean, not to be sexist, but it, and not to say that a woman couldn't hold her own in a negotiation or in a essentially military-type situation. But this isn't uh, a... You can't trust what they're going to do. And... No. It just feels it would feel wrong to send someone who is um I'm really trying to trying to figure out a way to word this because I I don't want to sound sexist and like oh a woman couldn't hold her own because obviously I mean I'm a woman I like I <laughs> I I don't want to say the wrong thing but it just seems like you would be inviting a worse situation for that person that you are sending. They, it would feel yeah, like they would be more vulnerable to a not being taken seriously if the guys are just fucking sexist assholes, but also it's the post-apocalypse. Uh, rape is very yeah. much a thing, and people are doing like, shitty things. Yes. yes, and it's shitty people have survived, and shitty, really shitty. You know, this is a group of really fucking shitty people because they're constantly attacking other camps. Yeah. You wouldn't want to send someone yeah. vulnerable into that. And maybe that is why he sends Schizo. Maybe he's like, ah, you know what? This guy is trying to, you know, do too much. Maybe maybe he does want to get rid of him. I don't think that's the case. But maybe he <laughs> no. just thinks Schizo is the only person they have who could actually hold their own. And, of course, we mm-hmm. find out that, that Schizo, you know, negotiates a deal that uh it's not what mike's not the deal that mike yes yeah i mean schizo is really one of the few people left that really do have the gift of the gap like he really is good at talking people around to his point of view he even convinces deacon and he convinced me that's why he's one of my favorite characters in the game just uh, you know i know he's a villain but he's a very convincing guy like he does right. have that ability to get you to believe him. So if you're going to send anyone like out of all the people at Lost Lake, he is probably the only person who could actually negotiate a treaty because he is smart. With he a barrel of monkeys them. whacked out on PCP. Yep. Yeah, he, he would have them wrapped around his little finger. And that's kind of what he sort of does because he do- goes and does a deal with Carlos 
I'll give you Deacon and Boozer. And then when that goes wrong, he still manages to get out of it at Lost Lake. Yeah. He still has Iron Mike let him go. And he he gets away with it. And he's still, you know, in that scene when they come back and, you know, Deacon is like, this fucking asshole sold me out. Schizo is almost in that scene like he believes he's on Iron Mike's side. You know, he's pointing his gun at the Rippers because he knows that that he has he can weasel things and, and like fudge the facts so that he can still come out not looking like the worst guy in the room. Yeah. And he does. And he mm-hmm. wraps Mike around his little finger and gets Mike to release him. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Schizo wasn't going to f- get a fair trial. Well, why would Mike think that unless Schizo convinced him of it? Which is maybe reading more into the story than what actually is there. But Well, let's, let's talk about that for a second because we do have a few possible answers as to why Schizo was released and banished from Lost Lake versus having a trial. Um, you know, Iron Mike says in the game it's it's because he wouldn't have a fair trial, because that's not possible, which arguably could be the case, because half the camp or whatever the numbers is, a lot of people are going to be Schizo's guys, and they're going to say, no, he's, he did what he had to do to keep Lost Lake safe, he's not guilty, he's, you know, he's fine. And then the other half are going to be like, fuck you, you sold out one of our own, and you brought the Rippers here, <laughs> like, yeah. not a fucking chance. I don't know. I, I talked about this before on the podcast with Spornicus Rex, and he said that it would be possible to bring in outsiders from like Hot Springs or wherever to kind of form a jury of impartial people. I don't think that would be possible. I don't think anyone would be interested in doing that. I don't think like traveling from another camp to Lost Lake, that's dangerous. You know, people yeah. don't generally leave the camps except for on, I mean, how many supply runs do people get lost and disappear and whatnot yeah i i could i could not see folks from copeland's camp doing that i mean they're no. vehemently anti-government why why would they want to do something like that why would copeland let anyone because you'd have to go ask copeland's permission just as yeah. you you'd have to go ask tucker and tucker's yeah. not going to release her slaves to go no. sit on a jury not a fucking chance she's not going to um potentially compromise her camp security by sending security guards either. Right. So, yes. So I I don't I don't think it I just genuinely don't think you could set up just a fair impartial jury. Yeah, I think that's a valid argument. Yeah. His the words that he says are not untrue. But is there something more? Is there a deeper reason? Now, Spornicus posited that it was to keep Deacon from murdering Schizo for Deke's own good. Because Deacon is that you can do, there's like a little bonus mission you can do, one of the the white triangle, the you don't have to complete it, but it's really cool if you do, like talking to Sarah's grave or um, yep. the Colonel's speeches. You know, you can skip them, but they do add textures to the world. You can go and taunt Schizo when he's locked up in his little the little cabin, the little um, the brig that they have, yeah. the little jail. You can go around the back of that and you can talk to him and you can hear him basically say like, bro, I was doing it for the good of Lost Lake. Brother, you got to let me out of here. Like he genuinely, he, he seems like he genuinely believes his own bullshit. Yes. That I was actually doing this for a good reason. And that's, that. like, I don't understand why I'm getting locked up for this. And Deacon, and this actually is one of the few moments in the game where I actually really just don't like Deacon. 
he says something to the tune of, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tie you up, drag you up to the highway and wait for a horde to come along. He, he says that he's going to ask Mike to give him, give Schizo to Deacon and Busa so they can do that. I don't know. If, does he say he's going to ask him or does he say? He says he's going to ask him and then he's, and, but then he says, you know what? I think we're going to do that regardless of whether or not Mike agrees to it. Right, right. And that's why it just seems a little, I mean, I know obviously Schizo <laughs> sold him out to Carlos knowing that Carlos wanted to kill him. Although we don't know that Schizo knew that. I mean, it's pretty much what else would you want him for? Yeah. <laughs> Take him out to dinner? Not likely. I mean, considering the, the, the mission where they go in looking for the, is it the debt cord? Because they've mm-hmm. already got the TNT. Yeah. So they go into Iron Butte for the debt cord and they go past the woman that's been tortured and, and Deacon Mercy kills her. It should be obvious at that point. I mean, as as blind as you could be, knowing that you're going to be turning Deacon over. And Schizo knows that the Rippers are the ones responsible for Boosa's arm. You would have to know why Carlos wants Deacon and Boosa, and it's not for anything good. And as blind as you could be, having seen that woman and knowing what they did to Boosa, you know what's going to happen to Deacon and Boosa if Carlos gets a hold of them. You know, it's funny you bring that up because... Jason Spizak, who played Schizo, when I interviewed him in episode 11, he mentions that scene right before the Rippers show up to take Deacon. He was acting it like he had an emotional moment, like Schizo was having an emotional moment where he was faced with a choice. Like internally, like there's no dialogue, but he is acting it like he realizes this is the last chance to turn back. I am making a choice right now to continue to give Deacon to the Rippers. Because right up until that last minute, when he goes through that door, he could say, hey, Deke, what's up? Let's, let's go back out the way we came. He could just turn around, and go back out the other way, and they could sneak back out and take the deck cord back to Lost Lake and blow up the caves, and no one would know. Well, I mean, the Rippers, but the Rippers, yeah. he knows the Rippers are going to come anyway. To yeah. Lost Lake. That's why he's doing it. And Jason Spiesack said that he he was even crying in that moment, like just a little bit, like shedding a little tear. Like you can't really see it in the animation, but his eyes were watering because he he was bringing a real fucking emotional moment, like a a, a moment of choice, of of weight to Schizo, where Schizo does fucking know what he's doing, and he is kind of tormented by it because he has actually come to like Deacon. Yeah. He does look up to Deacon. Does, I don't know if he looks up to him, but he respects him. I think when he calls Deacon brother and bro, I think Schizo means it. I don't think it's sarcastic. I don't think he's like, oh yeah, bro, like he says to everyone. I think he actually does respect Deacon. Yeah. And that's why he has a little moment where he's like, fuck, can I do this? Should I do this? Yeah, if you rewatch that moment too, I've certainly felt that um, as they're heading towards the door. Mm-hmm. And De- Deacon is Deacon is praising him. Deacon is saying, you know, look, I know you weren't happy, um, but um, and he's he's praising Schizo, um, saying, look, thanks and everything like that. Uh, thanks for giving us a chance. Thanks for not sending us out. And Schizo, I get the feeling Schizo is genuinely feeling guilty about. He knows he's about to turn Deacon over, but he feels guilty about it. 
Um, and yeah, Jason Spizak's voice acting certainly comes through because you, you really, if you can watch that open-mindedly with an open mind towards what Schizo is doing, you can tell that there is a, there is that moral weight on him. He's still going to go ahead with it, but he's, he's feeling terrible about doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's certainly not helping that Deacon is, is opening up to him. That is really weighing on him heavily. It's like, he's like, no, I, it's kind of like, just shut up. Just let me, let me betray you. I don't need to hear this shit right now. Yeah. Like, don't make me like you right now. Make me hate you right now. And this will be a whole lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it really comes through. Um, So he he definitely did a great job with that, I think. Yeah. Um, Regarding turning and going out the back door, uh, there's a lot of rippers. I don't think Carlos would have put rippers around the front door, just the front door. I think they would have surrounded that warehouse. Regardless of which way they came out, they were going to run into rippers. Or, I mean, he could have just paused and said, wait, do you hear that? Let's look out the window before we go outside. I think I heard a noise. Yeah. And then be like, okay, there's rippers here. Shit. Let's shoot our way out or, or see if there's yeah. something we could do. You know, he because he knows, or I assume he knows that Deacon was in the military. He knows how good Deacon is in battles. Well, they've, they've already been into the mine. They've already, right. yeah. He, so. so he can just, and he basically just like cowers behind Deke. So he could be like, Deke, go take them all out. And then, like, I'll just, I'll bring up the rear. (laughs) Yeah. But I want to get back to the banishment schizo because there's two more things, two more possible reasons for Iron Mike banishing and not um, giving schizo a a trial. Yeah. And I'd like to touch on Deacon taunting schizo. Even if you don't do that, it's the fact that it's there means even if you don't do it, it's still part of the story. So even if you didn't do it in your story, it still happened. It's still canon. It's still canon, and that's why Schizo is so pissed at Deacon when they meet up later. Right. And Schizo's not, oh, my God, hey, Deke, jeez, dude, hey. Bro, you survived. (laughs) What are you doing here? (laughs) No, Schizo immediately seizes the upper hand and... um, Immediately, yes, we, the first word out of his mouth is traitor. Traitor, yes, yes. So, yeah, and that's why. It's because of what Deacon did to him, that taunting at the, um, at, in the, at the back of the cabin. Um, yeah, and I mean, maybe he's, he thinks, I would have, I wanted a fair trial because I know I would have been fine because <laughs> yeah. I know I did the right thing and I know that enough people in the camp are going to see and I'm yeah. going to be able to convince Iron Mike that I did the right thing and I'll get put back in my position he, of power. He probably could have. He only needed to convince, assuming he had six from one side and six from the other, he only needed yeah, to convince the one. six. Yeah. I, I doubt they needed all 12. I doubt Mike would do that. Mike's trial would be, look, if you've got if you've got seven saying not guilty, that would probably be enough for Mike. Yeah, I so he's got imagine. six on his side. He only needs to convince one out of six. And Schizo is good. Which gets back to no, he wouldn't have got a fair trial. Or, but is that a fair trial? I, I mean, <laughs> if you want to get down to it, like that's if you have a jury of twelve people and you only need the majority, like, is that unfair? I yeah, that's semantics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
So my two theories, and these are the two that I believe the most, I don't know how much weight I put into Rex's idea of Iron Mike letting Schizo go to prevent Deacon from stepping off of his redemption arc. I think that either it's a death sentence in disguise for Schizo, or at least the best possible outcome for Lost Lake. Like, we can't have you at Lost Lake. You are a liability. You've got a bunch of people killed and done some really bad fucking shit, but I don't want to be responsible for another death. I don't yeah. want to have to put you on trial and hang you or shoot you or whatever. I don't want that because that's not good for the camp. And it, it's kind of like, is that good for the morale of Lost Lake as a whole? And and for the re- idea of rebuilding society, does Iron Mike want to, you know, he wants laws and justice, but that you've also got to have mercy balancing out justice. Yeah. Because if you just have justice, then sure, line him up against the wall and, and shoot him in the heart. He got people killed, let's kill him. But Iron Mike doesn't want to do eye for an eye. Like, I feel like he wants to be better than that. So yeah. I think he's either avoiding uh, a death sentence or he's in some way kind of pushing it off and being like, we're not going to kill you at Lost Lake. Lost Lake is not going to be responsible. I'm not going to be responsible for your death. Why don't you just go out and live in the shit and see what happens? (laughs) And kind of let Schizo figure Schizo out. Like, Schizo is not good enough to survive on his own out in the shit. He's not a drifter. That is not in his skill set whatsoever. So it is kind of a death sentence in disguise to just exile him. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that theory is is very sound. Yeah, so it's kind of a way for Iron Mike to get the justice that is required and get Schizo out of Lost Lake, but without bringing the, the, the morale and the society of Lost Lake down to a baser level of yeah. we are going to give out death sentences. It's kind of a sneaky backdoor death uh, sentence. He's technically judging Schizo, even without right. him getting a trial. He's... Pronouncing him guilty and punishment is exile. Yeah. Which again is a a failure on his redemption arc. If Iron Mike is trying to be this idealistic version of himself, it's like, well, again, the world doesn't let you just be an idealist. You have to be in the real world for some of it. You have to get your hands dirty. And here he is getting his hands dirty. And immediately, what does he do? He basically kills someone. I mean, I know Schizo doesn't die out in the ship, but essentially it should be a fucking death sentence for Schizo. It should be, yeah. But it's also potentially giving Schizo a chance to redeem himself. Mm -hmm. That he's putting him out there and it's now, okay, you need to survive or have a, you're in time out. Get out there and have a a good long think about what you did. And um, if you're ready to come crawling back and, and beg forgiveness, Mike probably would have let him back in. Yeah, because he let Deacon back in. Yeah, he didn't shoot him. He said, the next time I see you, I'm going to shoot you. And then Deacon comes back. And what does I might do? Not shoot him. Does not (laughs) shoot him. Yeah. Because he's trying to be a better person. Yeah. And also, we know that that Iron Mike is religious. Because we see that scene where he's praying. And he's sort of, I can't remember his exact words, but it's like, he doesn't pray very often. I don't even think he really is much of a man of, faith necessarily or or of i guess religion in a a sort of structured environment in terms of praying and and worshiping but he still obviously believes in a higher power yeah i think there's a i think that's a whole discussion for another time on faith versus religion (laughs) yeah yes yeah (laughs) 
But for for Iron Mike, you know, he obviously believes in a higher power. So I wonder if that may play into some of it, like you say, kind of letting Schizo go find his own redemption. And perhaps it's like if you go out there with faith or if a higher power Mm. is is deeming you worthy of survival like i'm kind of mm. he's kind of like i'm putting it in god's hands yeah like yeah. i don't want to be the judge of this yeah. so i'm gonna let god judge you through whatever actions happen to you out in the ship if god wants yeah. you to survive and end up with the militia <laughs> then god will do that <laughs> and yes. if he wants you to die in a, you know the sawmill or wherever like you run into a horde or, or just some random freaks like God will do that too. Like maybe yeah. that's what Iron Mike is kind of doing. Yeah. All right. We have talked for a long time. We have. I feel like this is going to be a two-parter. Um, <laughs> is there anything else we want to go into with Iron Mike before we get done? Was, uh, well, Iron Mike says he was wrong on his deathbed. Mm-hmm. He says to Deacon, I was wrong. What was he wrong about? Was he wrong about Schizo? Was he wrong about the Rippers? Was he wrong about things that Deacon would have done? That's actually a good point. I The specifics of what he was wrong about, because he says you do what you have to do to keep the camp safe. So yeah. it's like, I guess like I took that to mean he's wrong about the treaty and his, his iron grip on his <laughs> ideals. I think it's a kung fu grip. Uh, the kung fu grip on his ideals <laughs> to the detriment of the safety of everyone in the camp. Yeah. But you're right. It, it, it is ambiguous. Yeah. Just, just like his statement. Yeah. That two weeks in, the ammo was gone. Yeah. He's a man of, man of secrets, is our way in, Mike. Mm-hmm. He's a perfect metaphor for the game, just that what we said at the beginning about how it appears to be shallow but there's actually a lot to uncover. Yes, yes. Not as many collectibles as Red Dead Redemption 2, but there's a lot going on in Days Gone that you're not going to find like that unless you actually go looking for it. You don't have to look for it, but there's so much more to this game than what you just see on the surface like that. Agreed. All right. I want to go through a few things before we get done. Every Tuesday night, you can find me on the Spornicus Rex YouTube channel for a collaborative live stream playthrough of Days Gone. He goes into the gameplay tactics and strategy. I discuss the story and the characters and all the amazing details of the game. Basically everything I love to talk about on this podcast. Uh, You can watch live on the Spornicus Rex YouTube channel every Tuesday at 6pm Pacific. And if you can't tune in live, the streams are still available to watch afterwards. You can support the Days Gone podcast by leaving us a review or giving us a thumbs up. That really helps the algorithm do its thing so more people can find the show. And if you have friends who play Days Gone, please let them know about the podcast and perhaps give us a share on social media. You can also show your support by heading over to buymeacoffee.com slash daysgonepod, where you can throw a little money in the tip jar if you're feeling generous. That really helps me with the overhead costs of running the show. And I want to give a shout out to Lena, Kellen, and Ian, who all bought me coffees this week. Thank you, guys. Well, John, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been so much fun. Claire, thank you. It has. A lot more enjoyable. I don't want to say more so than I thought it would have been, but... um, (laughs) You came in with low expectations. (laughs) 
wouldn't even say that. No, no. Why don't you just go back to your Marvel bejeweled game, whatever it is? <laughs> All right, days gone. I did make a. I did make a pledge that I would probably start it. I haven't done it yet. Um, that I would probably start another game of Days Gone um, before the end of the year. Do um, it. Just a few days left. Do it. There is a few days left, but that Ghost of Tsushima Legends is kind of calling my name lately too. But you know what I always say. Why not both? Why not both? Yes. Life's too short just to play one game. Exactly. <laughs> you can email me your thoughts, comments, opinions, and counter-arguments at daysgonepod at gmail.com. You can also find me moderating the Days Gone subreddit. Thanks for listening. Weaver out. <laughs>